When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I made a shortcut on my mom's phone, so every time she types dirty clothes, it says acid. Do you have any acid? Acid. 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 Mom. Acid. I'm not meaning to say acid. I mean acid. No, not acid. 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 Mackenzie, I'm not meaning to say acid. I mean acid. What the hell, acid? <laughs> Mom? Mackenzie, acid, come here and help me figure out why it's saying acid. I'm trying to say acid, but it's saying acid. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and to my left, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! Over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is! And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button and make sure you subscribe as we slowly inch our way to 100,000 subs. After you're done with today's Classic, make sure you fire up yesterday's Eastern Conference Over Under Podcast, where Trey and I went through all 15 Eastern Conference teams, looked at their overwind totals, and locked in a few of our favorite bets. You regretting anything from yesterday? Every single one. Nice. <laughs> all of today's win totals, just like yesterday, by way of Bet MGM. Before we get into it, Hollinger had an article up on The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Get yourself a subscription. He made a good point about the Western Conference. He said, quote, there are at least 11 teams legitimately aspiring to make the playoffs this year. Three of them are going to end up in the draft lottery. And even the bottom looks stronger. Last season, Houston and San Antonio both lost 60 games, but the Rockets completely overhauled their roster, and the Spurs got Wemby. There's a lot of truth to that because I looked at the lines here. There are nine teams in the Western Conference that have over-under lines between 44.5 wins and 48.5 wins. That's a four-win window. That's crazy. Nine of the 15 teams are all bunched up like that, which I think is going to make this maybe the more difficult conference to decide whether they're over or under. We were doing the Eastern Conference yesterday, and at one point I was uh, in my brainstorm sesh. I was thinking, i got to get some unders in here. I'm being a little bit too positive. I felt almost the complete opposite for the Western Conference today because I'm like, how is any team going to win a lot of games right. this season? Because every team is competing. I guess you would maybe uh, say that Portland isn't sending their best considering uh, the past couple of seasons. But even they have like NBA veteran talent who is going to be on their team. So, yeah, the Western Conference, 
It's going to be tough. A four-win window. That's <laughs> what we call win butler. That's right. That's the four-win window here. Okay, we're going to go through every team, and at the end, we will make some of our favorites, our locks, here in the West. But let's start with the Pacific Division. JD, all over the graphics once again. Uh, Golden State, 48.5 wins. The Clippers, 46.5 wins. The Lakers, 47.5 wins. The Suns... 51 and a half and then the kings 44 and a half there's that window i was talking about this is a sick division these are all <laughs> very tough, similar lines the golden state warriors uh last october a year ago you know close to the day draymond green's fist connected with jordan Poole's jaw during training camp and uh <laughs> sort of just like that the warriors repeat quests it was on the mat for a 10 count, uh, that was only a year ago. Like a little bit more than a year ago. That sounds weird to me, right? That's very, very <laughs> weird. And then uh, in our preseason podcast last year, it was like, ah, don't even worry about it. Teammates punch each other in the face all the time. There should be no repercussions for this, right? They're going to start 20 and 5. Guess what? Repercussions the entire season to the point they shipped Jordan Poole out, said, go to Washington as far away as possible. Yep, Jordan Poole is gone. Dante DiVincenzo is gone. And uh, the big addition is Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul <laughs> on the Warriors. I will admit, that one looks the weirdest to me of any of the new guys or the guys in New Jersey's. And I know he's played for a lot of teams, so it shouldn't yep. be that perplexing, but it just looks odd putting, like, a future Hall of Famer with the, you know, the three stars there, older stars in Golden State. I don't know if your thoughts are the same. Well, it's not just that Chris Paul, as an older guy, is hopping on, trying to get a ring at the end of his career. He's been, like, an antagonist for specifically yeah. the Golden State Warriors for almost 10 seasons. Uh, the Clippers, at one point in time, were the last team to beat the Warriors before they went on their championship run there. So, uh, from Los Angeles to Phoenix, he was, like, a thorn in the side of yeah. Steph Curry and the Warriors. I mean, just a thorn, you know. I guess that they were the rosebush, uh, <laughs> all things considered. But, yeah. Chris Paul plays a pretty specific style of basketball. He plays a lot slower than the Warriors do. There's always question marks of, is it going to work? Is it going to fit? Is there going to be enough basketballs? There always seems to be enough basketballs when it comes to Chris Paul, and it always seems to work yeah. when he joins with the team just because he's such a smart player. We saw, I don't know, I got hyped off a stupid Instagram video of Chris Paul and Steph Curry running a pick and roll together, but guess what? They each pass to each other and hit the three. It's practice. They should make it, but you can see the outline of how it's actually going to work out. So 48 and a half. Do you think uh, BetMGM slash Vegas sort of have this line in the right spot? Did you struggle with this one, and ultimately, where are you leaning I didn't struggle with this one too much. I think this number is too high. 49 wins for the Warriors seems like too many because they are one of many teams I'm going to call the heat wave. Just like the Miami Heat, they prioritize the postseason. Yep. So maybe the regular season, they're going to be watching their health. They're going to be obviously trying to figure out the chemistry between Chris Paul and the rest of the Warriors who have been there for a while. They want to be at their best in April and May, which means I'm going under here just because... I think the Western Conference is tough to yep. stack up a ton of wins. There will probably only be two 50-win teams, even if we get to that many. And secondly, they just want to be in the top six. They don't want to have to go through the play-in tournament, but they're not going to care too much about seeding. Yeah, they're also probably going to continue to focus on. I know they've shipped out some of their young guys, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman. You know, last year he was gone. Uh, but they do have some still in Kaminga, who has looked great here 
in preseason action, and then Moody. I think that's going to be a vital part of their playoff success. I need that one or both of those guys to like sort of catch up to the stars on this team. Again, the elder stars. And then Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I like the game he's talking, too. He's talking like, hey, I want to be an all-star again. Yep. I want to be a, a all-defensive-minded guy. And in the running for some of those awards and accolades, he's talking about playing for Team Canada in Paris. So uh, that's great stuff to hear. Um but yeah, this this feels like a perfect line. I'm with you. I'm like I'm like 46, 47, 48. Could they win 49 50? Of course they could. Yeah. But the health with the older guys is a bit of an issue. Be it Curry, Clay, or Draymond. Like how many combined games will they play? Uh and will they even care to play as long as they're in and out of a play-in situation, which is you're right. I mean, all these teams with aspirations to go far, you don't want to be in that. Even if we saw the heat, get out of it and go to the final. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to be in that type of heat wave. It's uh, risky. Yeah, it's very risky. So good line here, but I'm going to lean with you. It's not going to be a lock by any means, but I would lean like a little under. Yeah, I said that I think there's only going to probably be two 50-win teams in the Western Conference. But when you look at the actual personnel and the talent on these teams and how they're probably going to play uh, in the postseason, it's like the Warriors – are a 50-win team, easily, with the personnel that they have around the Lakers as well. The Clippers, if things are perfect, sure. The Suns, if things are perfect, they're winning 50-plus games. The Pelicans, there are so many teams, I think, that in a regular, uh, like, uh, you know, 10 years ago, if you're trying to be the team that finishes on top of uh, the standings, they could easily get there. I don't know if that's the case anymore. And maybe the player participation uh, policies and program. It's program? Player participation program? No, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. I'll lock this in before the season <laughs> starts here uh, because it's going to come up. Uh, but I just think that teams, these older teams, don't care as much about the regular season as long as they can win in the playoffs. And that's obviously the goal for most of these older squads. All right, let's move to the Los Angeles Clippers. 46 and a half wins. Uh, besides bringing Russell Westbrook back on a two-year deal, most of the Clippers' summer activity was fairly fairly minor, I guess. They re-signed backup center Mason Plumley. They traded for K.J. Martin. They drafted Kobe Brown with the number 30 pick. Uh, and then they're waiting, I guess, to see if they're trading for James Harden. But otherwise, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. not That's a thing. whole lot. Uh, my issue with this line, just like it was last year, is how do you handicap a team whose stars have played 142 games together since they became teammates? Kawhi and PG. It's been four seasons of them being teammates here, really. They're 96 and 46 when they play. They're, great. They're very, very good. They're 86 and 80 when one or both of them are out. Sean Powell at NBA.com. NBA.com. He labeled them the Brittle Brothers. I never heard that. I'd never seen that. I was like, damn, Sean Powell. I couldn't believe it. But it is difficult to obviously get a read on this team. But maybe maybe now, like, their their win totals have been higher over previous years. Yep. Uh, and this one is, I actually think it might be the lowest or tied for the lowest in the Kawhi PG era. So maybe that has you leaning over. I don't know. What do you think? Well, 44 wins for the Clippers last season, and that's with uh, the Brittle Brothers playing. The Brittle Brothers. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing nickname. <laughs> 56 games last season, though, for Paul George. 50 uh, for Kawhi Leonard. Like, if you're getting almost 60 games from Paul George and 50 from Kawhi, that's about what you should expect. Yep. Uh, they had barely a positive point differential, which tells you they were pretty successful in clutch games last year, which kind of tipped their win total a little bit over that 500 mark, which you would expect it at. I don't know. It's just so hard to go over on a Clippers team because you're expecting their guys not to play. 
Um, but the talent is there, and that's why they're also the Brittle Brothers. Just like it's hard to get peanut brittle out of your teeth, <laughs> it's hard to get the best of Kawhi Leonard and the best of Paul George out of your mind. Yep. Because when you see Kawhi playing at his peak, the guy looks like a top five NBA player still. Do you remember what he was doing against the Suns? Unbelievable. In the playoffs, stuff, yeah. his stat lines were insane. Yeah. I only, well, he only played two games in the end. Yeah, exactly. And Paul George missed the series. Like, yeah, if they're out there, they're sure. Yeah, you can exactly. even still convince me they're a championship contender. But come on, they're never out there. They're never out there. So this will be the season. They're coming in healthy. I guess that's good. Better than the other way. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. So you're going to go under or over here, or which way are you leaning? There's no way I'm touching this one as a lock. Yeah, definitely not a lock on this one. Uh, but I'm under. But I still think the Clippers are going to be a pretty solid team. They could get back to 44 wins or, you know, be in the 41 to 45 range, I suppose. They're kind of like Noah's Ark. They got two of everything. They got two star wings who are hurt a lot in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They got two really wild point guards in Russell Westbrook and Bones Highland. They got two versatile stretch fours who are pretty old. Nick Batum, Robert Covington, and they got two big old white centers. <laughs> and Ivica Zubats <laughs> and, and uh, Mason Plumley. Yeah. Uh, get on the arc, boys. <laughs> And a clipper, you know what? It's a ship, as is the Ark. This is good. Uh, Did you see their leaked New Jerseys, too? (laughs) Clips? With a little basketball? I did. did. The little basketball on the eye. It's like putting a heart on your eye when you're writing a a note to a potential paramour. So you're leaning... I'm under here. I'm under, under, yeah. Ooh, 46 and a half. It feels like they're going to win 46 games, so I guess I'll go just under. Uh, That one's a tough one. That is a toughie. Toughie, tough. The other team in L.A., the Lakers, 47 and a half. Let me go through what they did. Contract extensions for Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell. They added Gabe Vincent. They added Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince. I think Cam Reddish is a Laker. They lost Dennis Schroeder. Malik Beasley, and uh, they drafted combo guard Jalen Hood, Shafino. He was uh, taken, I believe, 17th overall in the first round. He's going to probably not be cracking any of the rotation here. They got a lot of guys. He'll probably be stashed sort of away as player development, but that was their pick. So they did a lot. Uh, Have they done enough to convince you that they are a 48-win-plus team? Well, that's interesting. Like I said, I think they are a 48 plus win team. I think the talent is there. I think the continuity is pretty good. They did a lot this offseason, but they also basically brought everybody back after uh, the trade last trade deadline. They've got better depth, no doubt, this season. Guys like Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, Torian Prince probably show their shortcomings come playoff time, but in the regular season, it's all about getting wins. You look at their record last season, 43 and 39, 16 and seven post all-star when they were really hitting the gas, making sure that they could make it to the play in tournament, try and scratch their way out of it, which didn't happen. They're not going to be battling against uh, Russell Westbrook in the locker room. (laughs) They don't have to worry about LeBron trying to set the scoring record through the first half of this season. But they also were really good in the po- in the second half of last year because they had to be. They yeah, had to like yeah. be ten games over five hundred over the last uh, twenty five because that's how they got into the playoffs. So I think this is another team that's part of the Heat wave. They will be better in the playoffs. I'm going under for mm. the regular season, though. I think they could easily be one of the top three teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, that's why I am going to lean towards a slight over. I think I think forty eight, forty nine, maybe even that magical fifty could be in play with this team. Now look, LeBron. He's going to miss games, as he should. What's he in, his 21st season? Yes. Like, it's unreal. Uh, when he's been with the Lakers, he's played 55 games, 67 games, 45 games, 56 games, and 55 games last year. Uh, came off the bench 
in a game last year. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> weird little that thing. That is weird. Uh, so just one <laughs> game. Um, so yeah, you'll probably put him down for about that as well. Uh, unless he's really well, taking, you know, these uh, all-NBA selections still, if he's going to get one of those, they're going to have to play more than that. Uh, who knows if question. he cares at all about that. Ooh, that's a, that's like, he feels like the question. type of guy that would care. I mean, I assume LeBron has been all-NBA since his second season in the league. I have a... I have a don't know off I mean, the top of got, my head, but it's got to be. But he also hasn't played 65 or more games since the 1920 season. That's the number you got to get to. So he'll probably get to exactly 67 games somehow. Wow. Yeah, me, I hadn't really thought about this until right this second. He's a 19-time All-NBA player. Yeah, it didn't make it his rookie year. That makes sense. So he's going to keep that. He wants to keep that going. He's so he has to play, what would you say it is? 67, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. 55 games last year, 56 the year prior, wow. 45 yeah, yeah. Uh, the year prior to that. Hmm, that's something to watch here. Uh, okay, I like that. Okay, talking this out, I'm even more confident with the over. LeBron's going to have to play more games bad. to hit this that's sort of like baseline bad. mark. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis, you're going to hope he's healthy. There's a lot of talk around the idea that this guy could be, you know, in the MVP conversation. I mean, he should be. That's the thing. If he, if he plays and puts up the numbers he can and they win, yeah, he would be in the running. Though always difficult if LeBron is on your team. It's that weird sort of, <laughs> uh, you know, interesting little setup there with this squad. But I'm going over. What do you think of uh, Darvin Ham saying he wants Anthony Davis to take six threes a game? Honestly, I don't mind it. Get inside, buddy. Uh, I mean, well, well, come on, get inside. Well, we like, can't him. shoot threes. Well, that's the thing. Well, we had a, no, we had <laughs> Alvin a win- Gentry said the same thing. He had a window work. where he could shoot threes. There was a small, small window. He had a bubble where he could shoot yeah. threes. No, you're right. He's not Jokic from three, who yeah, I feel a lot it, more confidence in, and he's not taking that many. Uh, I also. I'm not the biggest Christian Wood fan in the world. <laughs> I don't know if there's anyone out there that is. Uh, so defensively inside, I mean, if AD goes down, that'll be oh, yeah, that, yeah, that'll yeah. be tough. But you know, they're hoping they get some minutes, sops up some minutes from Wood and Hayes and these guys at their big. But I'll go just over. Uh, Phoenix Suns, 51 and a half, the biggest over under win total here in the Pacific Division. They they came within two wins of a title in 2021. They stumbled in 2022. Again, last season, despite bringing in Kevin Durant. So they got this newish owner, Matt Ishbia. He has pledged basically to do whatever he can to keep the Suns in contention. So they stayed busy in the offseason. First off, they fired Monty Williams. They brought in defensive-minded Frank Vogel to lead this overhauled roster. And when I mean overhauled, wow. Bradley Beal's in. Eric Gordon, Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Jordan Goodwin, Drew Eubanks, Bull Bull, Watanabe. There's a few other names that may or may not hit. Chris Paul out, DeAndre Ayton out, Shaman out, Payne out, Jock Landale out. So outside of Katie and Booker, I mean, this is like, it really is a complete overhaul. Yeah, KD's like a long-tenured player at this point. He played eight <laughs> regular season games right, last year right. for the Suns. That's crazy. Uh, so 51 and a half. How do you feel about this? Is, is this one of the teams that you think is the 50-plus win team in the, in the conference? This is a 50-plus win team for me. I'm going over for so the Phoenix Suns. Only 45 and 37 last year, but it's like throw out the last two seasons, really, for the Suns. They're completely different. I, they are so top-heavy uh, that it's concerning, but I think that can be, I don't know if beneficial is the right word, but I think it can work out okay uh, mm-hmm. for the Suns because even if Devin Booker misses time, even if Bradley Beal misses time, even if Kevin Durant misses time, as long as it's only one of them, they're going to have two 30-point-per-game scorers out there, and then they've got all their role guys who we're hoping uh, some of them hit uh, – during the regular season, it's more likely that that's the case. Playoffs, who knows who actually holds up, but that's a long time from now. There are significant 
depth concerns, though, for the Suns because Booker's missed time recently. We know that KD and Beal have missed time recently. Nurkic is a guy who has had trouble staying on the court recently. Eric Gordon uh, is old. Grayson Allen will get suspended for a game here and there. There's just lots of guys who do miss time, but that's why they had to get, you know, 10 minimum contracts because they know that not all of them are going to be great players this season. They know that they're going to need a lot of depth and a lot of options at the very least. So I'm going over here. Uh, but you know, if it turns out that two of their top three go down at the same time, then probably in trouble from that. Yeah. I'm betting on health here and I'm with you. I am. I'm actually probably locking this one in over 51 and a half. I mean the way they look, I know it's preseason again. It means basically nothing. Holy crap though. Have you seen these guys play in the limited minutes they have? They're good, man. Like, it's like 70 points and a half, no problem. <laughs> yes. Like, the scoring is unreal. It already was with Katie and Booker, two of the best scorers in the league, and you've had a third one in Bradley Beal, who guy who's, like, sort of obviously lost in the wilderness of Washington, who did have seasons where he was scoring 30. Like, he's got to be, you know, revitalized here. He is with a team that has aspirations to go far. I, I think they – look, I, when we get to the playoffs, it'll be a whole other story. Can you take things away from them? Can they get stops? Regular season, almost nobody plays defense. I mean, that's the honest truth. Like, at least for the majority <laughs> of the games. Uh, I think they're going to easily go over 51.5. I actually th- – I couldn't – I was sort of shocked how low this was, actually. But that, I think, speaks to how – Top talented heavy, and, yeah, yeah. and, and top-heavy they are and how loaded the West is. But I like that one. All right, final team in the Pacific Division, the Sacramento Kings. 44-and-a-half wins. They won 48 games last year. They made the playoffs for the first time in 17 seasons. They had the beam being lit 48 times, at least in the regular season, sometimes <laughs> in the playoffs. They had two All-NBA players. They had the Coach of the Year. They added some more guys to this squad. Vazenkov is the big name, the EuroLeague MVP, 6'9 sharpshooter. So pairing him with Monk and Herter to hopefully, uh, you know, keep the three-pointers reigning. They got Barnes still. They got Mitchell still. Trey Lyles is in the rotation. They added JaVale McGee and Chris Duarte. Okay, they probably won't mean much. But is this – Keegan Murray is probably going to break out more. Is this disrespectful to the Sacramento Kings, 44 and a half wins? Because I feel like it is. Disrespectful? Yeah. No, this is not disrespectful to the Kings. This is a Kings team who has had one good season. So them getting predicted to have 45 wins after the previous two decades, I think, is still respectful. Okay. Do you like the over? Yeah, I like the over. There you go. Yeah, they won 48 games last year. They brought everybody back. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last season just because it's unlikely that they have two All-NBA players and the coach of the year. They probably don't finish as the third seed in the Western Conference. That would be uh, a surprise once again. But they're betting on continuity. They had great health last season, but they're also a pretty young team. Young guys tend to stay healthier. I think they are a prove-it-in-the-playoffs team. Uh, But I think this is an easy over. They are definitely not the worst team in this division, but... They're in a tough division. They got to play all these other teams four times, which yeah. is why the number is probably so low. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm I'm with you. I'm going over 44 and a half feels way too low. I think everybody keeps bringing up this idea. Well, look how healthy they were last year. They were one of the healthiest teams in the league, and and that was true. Though you know, everyone seems to forget Sabonis did basically break his damn hand or his finger or whatever it was, his thumb. Continued to play through it. The ox that he is. So. I get that. You're like, well, you know, there could be a bad injury to one of their key players, and that suddenly changes the dynamic of the team. Yeah, but they are a young team. It's I would have a lot less confidence in some of these other teams we just talked about. Obviously, the Clippers, the Lakers with LeBron and AD, uh, the Warriors with the, the age on that team. I'd have a lot less confidence in those guys staying healthy than I would this fairly young 
Kings team. So I don't see like why it's like out of the realm of possibility that they do not run back a fairly healthy season again. I know people can twist ankles and hurt knees and like just weird fluke accidents, but I'm going over on this. I don't factor in that kind of stuff. You don't. It's not freak accidents. Like a guy like right, right. like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that's a different case than DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. They could easily tear their ACL and start being guys that have knee problems going throughout their career, but they're not those guys yet. So I don't, I mean, yeah, that could happen, but uh, I'm an optimist at heart, Skeet, so I ain't worried about that kind of stuff. They're going to be unstoppable on offense once again. You know, they were the best offense in the league last season. Maybe they're not the best offense in the league this season right. because the Bucks look like they're going to be tough. The Celtics are going to be really tough. Uh, we know the Nuggets are going to be able to score points as well. So the maybe, Suns. Exactly. They can <laughs> right. finish fifth and still, you know, have a better offense than they had the previous season. Uh, but, yeah, I think this Kings is an easy over to me. All right. Let's hear from everybody in the stream team. You guys are already chiming in for every team we go through. Love to see that. Podcast listeners, tweet at us at no dunk sink or everybody jump over to youtube and leave your thoughts in the comments gonna take our first break and when we come back it's the northwest division don't go anywhere this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an nba game and more head over to michelobultra.com slash courtside to learn more. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe as we get ready for the NBA season. One week today. Real basketball, baby. Right around the corner. You pumped? I'm very excited. So am I. Basketball is my favorite sport. Good. Mm -hmm. That's why you get paid to do a podcast about it. That's right. Uh, Northwest Division. Let's get into it. Here it is. <laughs> the Joker's ready. He looks fired up. A little man. Tiger Woods fist pump there. Nuggets 52 and a half. Wolves 44 and a half. Thunder 44 and a half. Blazers 28 and a half. And the Jazz 35 and a half. Denver Nuggets 52 and a half. Jamal Jokic leading the way. They looked primed again to battle for a championship. Why wouldn't they be? That said, their uh, their depth took a little bit of a hit, right? They lost two guys who ranked 6th and 7th on the team in total playoff minutes. I'm talking about Bruce Brown, who left for Indiana. Jeff Green, he left for Houston. Got some decent money there. So Denver turned to the draft to get guys that they thought they could uh, 
that are ready to play, I should say. They acquired college junior wing Julian Strother, who looks great in preseason. Yeah, Guy's uh, he's a bucket right now. And then they got two seniors, Jalen Pickett and then Hunter Tyson. Uh, they also brought in Justin Holiday for some uh, wing minutes, possibly. So the Nuggets, 52 and a half. Uh, I believe it is the highest here in the Western Conference. That's right. <laughs> Just a little bit higher than the Suns that we talked about at 51 and a half. What do you do with this team? I think I'm going to be on the minority uh, in this one, Skeets. I see 91% of the tickets, 98% of the handle are hitting the under for the Denver Nuggets. Wow. Not me. No. I think it's an over here. They finished 53 and 29 last season. That includes going 9 and 10 in the months of March and April. They had basically locked up the number one seed yep. in the Western Conference. Shut it down, went into chill mode, got healthy for the playoffs, and uh, allowed Nikola Jokic to bow out of the MVP race during the last half of the season. I don't think they'll have that luxury this season. The Western Conference is going to be really competitive. I think teams are going to be vying for the top spot uh, because nobody wants to have to go into Denver and try to win on the road. Uh, Meanwhile, they have a great home court advantage. So, yeah, they're relying on youth this season. They've definitely lost some veteranship, which I think is another part of the reason uh, that Justin Holiday comes to town. Reggie Jackson, I think, has to have a better season this year than he did for the Clippers and then with the Nuggets, uh, just because they need somebody else uh, to be handling the ball off the bench with the loss of Bruce Brown. But basically, the last four, four of the last five seasons, Jamal Murray has been healthy. And when he's been healthy, the Nuggets win at a 53-win pace. Yeah. So as long as he stays on the court alongside Jokic, this team is going to pile up wins. Saw Schumann point out in one of his articles on NBA.com, the Nuggets were the one seed in the West, despite having the league's 29th-ranked bench last season. Hmm. But after a long playoff run, shoe notes, it would be nice if they could keep their starters a little more fresh. So you know Christian Brown is going to get an opportunity, but who are those rotation pieces 7 through 10? You you slipped in some names. You know, Reggie Jackson should be. Uh, Peyton Watson, they're very high on. Kelvin Booth is, at least. Are you worried? You know, you you brought the (laughs) vibes calculation yesterday. I'm curious... Uh, if if you had to do any last-minute tinkering with your vibes valuation with the Nuggets after hearing these Kelvin Booth comments, where, and I'm paraphrasing here, he sort of shit on Michael Porter Jr. in saying, well, we couldn't have two sort of boneheaded me-first guys <laughs> in Bones Highland and Michael Porter Jr., so we shipped out Bones, but we still got one. But it's okay, we won a championship. Is that is that rock the boat at all to you in your vibes calculation. Kelvin Booth just being too damn real. Uh, the V for vibes. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not factoring it in. Okay. He's not on the team. He's the GM. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, the only thing harder than winning a title in the NBA is repeating the next season. So mm. I'm excited to see how they tackle it. Because, like, the way I look at this, championship teams, they generally face three challenges the following season. One, inflated egos. I don't think that's going to be a concern here because you're you're following after your superstar. Jokic doesn't even want to be here. I no. mean, he's just thinking of horses <laughs> no. all day long. So I don't see that being a concern. Maybe, maybe with a guy like Michael Porter Jr. I possibly, but I don't even see it there. Uh, potential fatigue, sure. That's why we're talking about this fifty-two and a half win line. You said it. They shut it down at the end of last year. That could happen again. They could get up to a big lead, have a nice gap, and then you know. Eh, it worked last year. Why wouldn't we do the same sure. thing? And maybe that ends in, you know, whatever, 51, 52 wins. And then the other thing is filling holes, rotation spots left by guys who who went and got a bag. They cashed in on their great play on a championship team. Again, we're talking about Brown and Jeff Green. And they need to find those guys, but they're, they think they have them, I think, in some of these guys, in, in Strother and Watson and Brown and, 
And who else? Who know? Who who else? You know who hits? Little. <laughs> <laughs> who else do you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it so, doesn't matter, man. Jeff Green was he was their seventh man. Yeah. He was great in the playoffs when his veteranship showed up. He also averaged eight points a game and shot twenty eight percent from three mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. These are regular season win totals. Things are different uh, in the playoffs, and the Nuggets could easily find a random vet. Uh, come February. So, yeah, that'll be a question for another time. But I think they're going to do okay with these collection of young guys and, you know, a couple of oldies hanging out as well. All right. I'm leaning over. Just over. Oh, yeah. uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, 44 and a half. They are running back the this year with largely the same roster. Uh, I mean, Shake Milton is now here. Troy Brown Jr. I guess Torian Prince is out. Uh, but they are hoping better health with Carl Anthony Towns that this team can finish higher in the West. The line is only 44 and a half. Where are you uh, leaning with this one? This one was tough for me because I use two-factor authentication with regards to my over-under picks. Skeets, (laughs) the night before, I go through and I just try and catch a feeling on a team. If I think they're going to go over or under, you know? Yeah. The next morning, I look at it in the light of day and say, what was I cooking? I don't know about these Minnesota Timberwolves. I went over last night. I was like, Anthony Edwards is good. They're going to get more games out of Carl Anthony Towns this season. A second year with a real training camp uh, with Rudy Gobert. They're going to be able to figure things out. But then you're also like, they won 42 games last season. Anthony Edwards already averaged 25 a game. They had Mike Conley for 24 games. They were mid, 12 and 12. When Carl Anthony Towns played, 15 and 14. Every stat you look at for them, they're finishing right in the middle. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to do with them. I'm going over. I'm going just a tiny bit over. Okay. I'm going over and I'm not feeling good about it. And I'm honestly, you could easily talk me out of it in the next three minutes. You got three players making max money. You better be better than 42 and 40. Yes. I mean, you better be better than, you know, 44 wins, we're saying. You got to be, you would hope you're around the 50 win mark with three max contracts in in Edwards, in Towns, and Gobert. But, like, I'm with you. This is a tough one because you got to be like, a lot of things sort of got to go right here. Yeah. For them to be flirting with the the 45 to 50 win window. First up, we got to we got to figure out really if Cat and Gobert do work and mesh well together. Yeah. Also there is Nas Reed. They got another big that they paid. There was an extension. There's that. Anthony Edwards. Is he going to another level? Is he going to be an all NBA guy, you know, fresh off the run with Team USA where he took them to an incredible fourth place finish? Um I'm not so sure. I think he, well, yeah, I mean, he's going to get better because he's younger, but how high? Jaden McDaniels, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who I am high on, I mean, are their games going to grow? Maybe. And Mike Conley, he's 36. Like, is he going to stay healthy? What type of Conley are you getting? Like, they, like, it feels like all of that has to work together at the exact same time. And then, yeah, then you got a really good team, but two or three of those things falter, decline, don't work in the case of Cat and Gobert not meshing. That's an issue. So I don't know what to do with this one. I know, one. this one is tough. They, yeah. were, they were like fighting on the bench last year. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? As you're like, ooh, they're bringing back everybody. Wait a second, they're bringing back everybody? The people that were punching each other? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This, is a, this will be a stressful one if you're a Timberwolves fan. So you're going just over. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah going, why not? You're going yeah, like well, in that 45, 46. Yeah, I'll mark. go exactly 45 wins. Uh, I'm not feeling great about it, but... 
another part of my figuring out over unders here is I want to have exactly 15 overs and exactly 15 <laughs> unders, and it worked out, so I can't change it okay. right now. Can't okay. do it. Well, I was wondering uh, if you also have this team in the Northwest Division over or under, because I feel like some people you almost have to pick which one. Yeah. With the same line, I'm talking about the Thunder, 44 and a half, the exact same line as the Wolves. Uh, they they took a great step last year in their in their rebuild. Finished 40 and 42, so the flip record of the Wolves. They just missed out on the actual playoffs. They they beat the Pelicans, and then lost to the Wolves in the play-in tournament. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander turned into an All NBA player. Um, they saw growth from Giddy, Jalen Williams, J Dub, uh, Isaiah Joe was good, Lou Dort at times, among many others. So what are they doing here? Well, they're bringing back the number two overall pick from two years ago, Chet Holmgren from a foot injury that kept him out all last season. They got Cason Wallace, who they traded up in the draft to get uh, at number 10, I believe, the Kentucky combo guard. They signed Vasilya Micic, a two-time EuroLeague MVP. He's there now on a three-year deal, and they use cap space to add, like, some, really to get picks, but we're talking <laughs> Rudy Gay, Davis Bertans, Oladipo. So OKC, they seem to be the hipster pick here. Coming into the season of like, ooh, yeah, 44 and a half. They could go way higher than that. What says you? I got a little nervous when I was reading Kevin Pelton's preseason projections. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned the plexiglass principle. A team that has a big improvement in one year often has a small improvement uh, the next season. So that could easily uh, be the Thunder. And I was definitely thinking of one of Minnesota and Oklahoma City. One should go over, one should go under. Yeah. I went over. With the Thunder, or with the with the Timberwolves. Yep. I'm going over with the Thunder. Oh, well. you're doing both. And I don't feel as confident about this, just like I don't feel confident about the Minnesota Timberwolves, but I'm a big Chet fan. I think he gives the Thunder exactly what they were missing last season. Rim protection, defensively, rebounding, and a little bit of pressure at the rim. I think they are another trade potential team, just because they have so many picks around that if they wanted to acquire a veteran and try and get in the top six, they could easily do it. The biggest loss for the Thunder, I think, this season is the surprise factor. Ain't nobody going to be taking them easily uh, during this season after Shea Gilgis-Alexander's all-NBA season. And the fact that they're just a competitive team, this is definitely, to me, not the season for the Thunder to really take a step forward and be a competitor in the Western Conference. This is more of a figure-out-what-works season. You got to see how Chet fits with everybody and if playing a five-out style is going to be effective for this team. You got to see... Just how Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy can work together, you know, since both of them are best with the ball in their hands and Giddy isn't necessarily a great off-ball player. I think you're trying to figure out if Lou Dort is really a long-term starter yeah. here as well. So th- some things to figure out, but I'm feeling too good about the Thunder right now. 45 wins exactly. I, I, I'm with you. I want to slow play this team. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves with them. But, man, then I see them in, the, in like, even preseason. And just, like, yeah. you, you see what you see Giddy, and why wouldn't he improve? Jalen Williams, I mean, I'm starting to convince myself this guy is going to be another star, like in this league, on the wing position, what he can do. Obviously, SGA, he's probably not going to score 30 a game. Again, I don't think he will because of Chet there and maybe even Jalen and some of these other guys getting more opportunity and more shots, but that's okay. I mean, he ain't going to care if he's winning, you know, more than 45 games. So I'm going to go just over two because this the talent, the vibes, to use your calculation there, uh, they feel good. And... They could. You never know. You never know when Presti's going to like push all those draft picks in because of disgruntled superstar that, that wants out. And, man, then suddenly you plug like 
another guy into this roster and it could be like holy crap they could be good i'm not sure that will happen because I, I mean this guy notoriously takes it so they can't take it time but 44 and a half mm, it's a good line it's a good line i like that bet mgm knows they're a good team but just how good they are they I, i'm gonna go just over man i can't wait to watch them though i'm very excited about the squad uh portland trailblazers 28 and a half what's new for portland they got scoot henderson at number three in the draft they also took uh Chris Murray, Keegan Murray's uh, brother, the 23rd pick. They re-signed two forwards, Jeremy Grant, $160 million over five years, Matisse Thybul. And uh, in two trades involving three other teams, they got DeAndre Ayton, Brogdon Still, Kamara, Time Lord, some picks, some swaps, all of that really for Damian Lillard. 28 and a half. You already said it off the top. You think this is going to be still one of the bad teams in the Western Conference, so I guess you're going under? I think I'm going under, but basically just because some teams in the Western Conference have to lose. Like, yeah. not every team can possibly be good. It's kind of a weird team, though, uh, now for Portland because they feel like a rebuilding team. Obviously, now that Damian Lillard is gone, they've got a ton of young guys, but they also have a, a ton of veterans who are all not that old as well. Like, their oldest guy is Malcolm Brogdon, the only guy on the team who is 30, 30 years old. And then you've got, like, Anthony Simons. He's a vet. He's been around for a few seasons, but he's still really young. Yep. Aiton is a young vet, as are Jeremy Grant, Time Lord, uh, as well. So they have a good like team around Scoot Henderson, I yeah. think, so that he's not going to just be completely floundering out there. They definitely have trade potential with Brogdon and Jeremy Grant and uh, Robert Williams, all of whom could be moved at some point during this season, which would hurt their projected win total. I assume one of those, if not two, will happen eventually. They owe, uh, Portland owes Chicago a top 14 protected draft pick. So tank away, boys. This is kind of how it plays out to me. Yeah. I'm going under here, though I don't think they'll be super far under 28 yeah. wins. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm also going under. I'm leaning that way. I, I love like what they have going here. I mean, you traded away your franchise guy, one of your greatest players in the history of your team, in Damian Lillard, and you usually when that happens, you're left going, Jesus, like you're just looking at the rubble. You're like, well, this is going to mm. be rough. It doesn't look that way. I mean, Scoot, Aiton, Time Lord, Sharp, and Simons. That's an intriguing set of young players. There's still Jeremy Grant. Maybe they look to move him and get more picks or more young players in return. But then you then you go, when was the last time a team that's made up of all guys that are basically 25 and under, right? I mean, Brogdon's probably going to get moved too. Without an all-star in the bunch, when did they do really anything special? I mean, and, and those type of teams, they generally struggle to defend too which I think is going to be an issue here. Oh, yeah. uh, I think they're going to be entertaining. I think they're just going to lose a lot of games sort of in the fourth quarter and in second halves. So I go under, but uh, fun players on this team, the highlights from you know Sharp alone and, and some of these lobs maybe to, uh, to Time Lord and Nathan um, could be fun. Blazers Edge asked a great question too. Uh, I thought is when I was, Shaden Sharp good? Well, that was one of their oh, questions, yeah. yeah. And we'll find out. Still You're right. inconclusive, I would say. Uh, can Chauncey Billups coach? <laughs> he hasn't he, really had to. It, well, look at he's hired back in 2021. He comes into the league with zero head coaching experience. He is tasked with growing a playoff contender around, of course, now the departed Lillard. The Blazers got two trips to the lottery instead. Yep. And so now, as we said, this roster is basically all under the age of 25. Like his mission is now completely switched. Right? It's like player development. Yeah. Around around Scoot and these young guys. I mean. Maybe he'll be better at that than the 
the prior plan of like win <laughs> and like try and get Dame into some playoff success. But maybe not. Maybe he's just not a good coach. So I think he could be on the. I think he could be on a hot seat here, if they got off to a really really bad start. I mean, what like what would be the reason to keep him? Yeah, you're probably yeah. right that he's on the hot seat. But also, what would be the point in getting rid of your coach when you're not really expected to win? I guess that. Portland, if they're looking for a model for how to have a successful season, it is going to be last year's Utah Jazz. They traded away two of their best players in uh, Mitchell and Gobert, had the remnants from those trades, all kind of decent NBA players who were established and kind of caught the league by surprise by having a system that caught everybody off guard. They didn't play any defense, like you're saying, a young team. They played no defense, but playing that five-out style, they were able to stack up a bunch of wins until they started trading the vets away uh, again. So we'll see. Is Chauncey Billups as good of a coach as Will Hardy? He has not been uh, through one season of Will Hardy's career. But like you're saying, he has gotten some pretty solid development, I think, out of Anthony Simons. He's become a real player with Damian Lillard resting quite a bit uh, during the past couple of seasons. So Billups has been good for Simons' growth. And I suppose if you have a franchise point guard coming in in Scoot Henderson, good to learn from yeah. an established uh, NBA point guard in Chauncey Bills. I think you're in for quite the roller coaster season from Scoot. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. the highs are high, 40-point games, he pops off, whatever, and then the lows are lows. Like, there's going to be some rough shooting nights, you know, oh, where yeah, he struggles yeah. from the field. And that's okay, he's, and he's coming in, being asked to play the toughest, really, maybe position in the NBA, uh, at least the one position that takes the longest to sort of get comfortable with. But that's a good point about Billups, obviously, being a former point guard and, and future Hall of Famer, probably, that he's going to learn from. Uh, Utah Jazz, he slipped it in there, 35 and a half, getting a little more respect. They were a pleasant surprise last season. They got off to a 10-3 and three start. Remember that? Uh, and... They, I think they had surpassed their win total before the All-Star break last year because they, they, were, they were yeah they were pegged to be one of the worst teams in the league. I was wrong about them. I thought they were going to be. They finished in the end 37-45. and 45. So what did they do? They added Hawks forward John Collins. He is there. They used their first-round picks on Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George, who they are very high on. He could be maybe starting soon for this team at the guard position. And Jordan Clarkson decided to sign a three-year contract extension rather than test the free agent waters. 35 and a half is the line I said for Utah Jazz. What do you think? I think that's a tiny line. That's the thing that sticks out to me. 35 and a half, that's pretty low. This team won 37 games last year, but they fell off hard. 8 and 14 after the All-Star break when they had traded away, you know, some of their established veterans. I think they're back to development mode, like you're mentioning. Uh, they had two first-round picks this year, and one of them might end up starting. Keontae George, that tells me You're not pushing all in trying to win this season. I still think there is a baseline of talent here. I think the system works in the regular season just because you don't see a team that's playing shooters at the four and five all that often, uh, playing that five-out style. So they probably are going to be successful again. They offensive rebound like crazy. I guess maybe the offense takes a little bit of a step back if we're getting more Walker Kessler just because, you know, a Linux a more versatile offensive player at the very least. So I'm going over here, but barely. I think they could get back to 37 wins. Uh, yeah. The Jazz could, but I could definitely see this one going under. Uh, how do you feel about John Collins here <laughs> in Utah? Like, is he going to have a, a Lowry marketing like resurgence? Uh, can no. Will Hardy do it again? <laughs> well, I don't know. We used to talk about John Collins as a potential all-star. Yeah. Uh, early in his career in Atlanta or, you know, midway well, through his like career in Atlanta. It looked like he was on that path. Yeah, and having the space that the Jazz system creates would definitely be helpful for him. But if they are planning on running a lineup out there of Markin and 
Kessler and John Collins, that doesn't bode well to me for Collins becoming an all-star. He'll probably have better seasons than he did at the end of his Atlanta uh, career where he just felt like he was kind of standing out there waiting to catch wide open three pointers. Um, but I think he helps on the uh, rebounding at the very least. Yeah. And uh, as an older guy, I think it's good to get one of those vets back after they shipped everybody out at the trade deadline last year. I would say for the most part, the stream team seems to be leaning towards over for the jazz. Uh, and people are liking the idea of them at least replicating the 37 win season that they had last year, though. I don't see them probably starting 10 and three. And I, I did sort of forget about that. That's a hell of a hot start there. Yeah, they were on fire. Uh, and then they sort of obviously pivoted uh, with their, their organizational sort of game plan moving forward, but they got a lot of talent. Mm, I guess I would lean just over as well. You talked me into a 36, 37 win season, something like that. Hopefully playing or having hopes to get into like a play-in position in the final three weeks of the season. Maybe they're in the running. Put me down for the Utah Jazz being one of the fantastic teams in the in-season tournament (laughs) for no reason. Okay? You heard it here first. I like the Jazz in the in-season tournament. Uh, All right, we got to take one more break. And when we come back, the Southwest Division. Don't go anywhere. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, our final division. It's the Southwest Division. Yeah, Texas. JD, show me that sexy graphic that you put together. Oh, Wemby makes it. We got Dallas, 45 and a half. Houston, 31 and a half. Memphis. Is Memphis in uh, Texas? Uh, kidding. 45 and a half. New Orleans, 44 and a half. And San Antonio, 28 and a half. We start with Dallas. Uh, safe to say they were a major disappointment last season. They finished 38 and 44. They missed the play-in, let alone the playoffs. That's why they got busy this offseason. They re-signed Kyrie Irving to a three-year, $126 million deal. They signed Dwight Powell to a lot less than that. They traded for Grant (laughs) Williams and Rashawn Holmes. They drafted athletic big man Derek Lively II and potential 3 and D guy Omax Prosper. They signed Derek Jones Jr., Dante Exum, Seth Curry, 
who's back for the third time, I think, with the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, wow. Yeah, somebody fact-checked me on that. Uh, but that's really what they did. Um, have they done enough to win over, I guess, 46 wins or more? Wow, Seth Curry, that is right. Third right? time this for is the third Dallas stint. Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're like me when it comes to NBA 2K. I'm always getting Seth Curry. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's really? gonna be help. Yeah, exactly. In NBA 2K, he's awesome, man, because like he shoots 45 percent from three, uh, and you don't really care about his defense because you're just simming through these games. It's <laughs> like, so, so, yeah, I'll take Seth Curry. I kick it, Steph. Why not? Uh, 38 and 44 last season, but barely a positive point differential. They had a lot of losses in the clutch, especially especially when they traded for Kyrie Irving, and it was like they, Luca and Kyrie. You could see them trying to figure out. Who should have the ball? How are we getting the best out of each other? They couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think they'll be better uh, in the clutch in year two with Kyrie and Luka uh, just because they will have a longer time to try and figure it out. I think the team makes a lot more sense this season than it does after uh, the trade for Kyrie. They've improved their personnel. But also when you're reading through the names, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Grant Williams, he's probably the only guy that really helps here. So I'm going under just because... I don't think they were really a 38-win team last year. Obviously, we know about them tanking at the end of the season. But I also don't think that they are going to be eight wins better this season to get up to 46 wins. So I think they will improve. I think they'll be in, like, the 41 to 44 range. So that still leaves me with an under. I like that they are at least in the offseason tried to address their defense. You know, Grant Williams is a good defensive player. I'm not sure I want Grant Williams to be possibly the third best player on my team. Which I think when you look at the roster, he might be. So there's that issue. But anyway, he plays defense. Obviously, Derek Lively, the second. The idea, you know, a big, athletic, maybe defensive-minded guy. Omax Prosper, as I said. Even, you know, even Dante Exum and Derek Jones. Like Those guys are, like, more known for their defense than it is for their offense. So I like that because they were garbage last year on uh, defense. Excuse me. Which was weird because the year before, that first-year Jason Kidd bump, they were the (laughs) fifth-ranked defense in the 21-22 season. Last year... They fell to 25th in the league. Uh, so they got to be better on that end, and they're hoping some of the personnel helps. Because when Kyrie and Luka were on the floor, they had like a 119.2 offensive rating. I mean, that's not really the issue. they got to get stops around those guys. This is a good line. It feels exactly where they'll be. I was down on the Mavericks last year, you might remember, in our preseason shows. I'm not as down as much because this line feels you know, more, more in tune with what they'll be. Oh my God! It's a flip a coin. They're going to be right there, truthfully. Like it's going to be. They're so good at this. It's going to be 44, 45, or forty six oh wins. Man, yeah. I know it. I know it. <laughs> uh, so I guess. I mean, I don't have a coin on me because who carries money any nowadays? You know, like coins, especially coins. When was the last time you held a coin? <laughs> the last time I held a coin? Yeah. Uh, I was probably given one by a kid, uh, but like <laughs> pocket full of change, never. Never. I mean, probably not in the twenty twenty. Do you have coins in your car even? Wow, I don't. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, maybe maybe thirty five cents total. Really? You think it's so, oh? You think it's like buried in the car? Or do no, you, it's it'd in, be a in, a, in another relic okay. of an unforgotten time. The cigarette ashtray. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> it's like the car makers after like after the twenty tens, they didn't know what to do with the space that they would put an ashtray. They're like, yeah. just put a hole. Yeah, put a hole. What yeah. are you gonna put in there? Coins. Nobody uses coins. Pretty soon, we're not gonna have any cool holes in our cars. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Over under on the number of years before there are no trays in your car. I'd actually prefer that. 
Because I just cleaned just my car. flat surfaces? A little bit, because I just cleaned my car not that long ago, and those are the most annoying places to clean. That's definitely true. All these crevices, like you said, in the door to yeah. hold things that I never put in there, just dust and dirt. So, yeah. <laughs> flat interior. All right, that's what we want. Tweet at us pictures of coins in how your did, car how if did you we still get have on that? them. Oh, yeah, coins in the car. Uh, I'm, I'm going to find one later. I'm going to flip it, but right now I'm going under. <laughs> that's what I will for. do it. Nice. I'll post it. Uh, I got Mavericks just under, though. Uh, I, I don't believe that much in the defense being too, too much better. Uh, Houston Rockets, 31 and a half. What did they do? Yudoka's in. They He's our new lot. head coach. They, they did, did a lot. lot this summer. They drafted Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore, who was the Summer League MVP. Uh, he was a projected top five pick. Dropped all the way to 20 because of medical and or personality issues. Did you see his dunk that wasn't a dunk in preseason last night? <laughs> Sorry, Doug. He flew. <laughs> and we got another <laughs> charge. Oh, my God. Uh, they gave Fred Van Vliet a bag. They signed Dylan Brooks, Jock Landell, Jeff Green, Aaron Holiday, Reggie Bullock in free agency. Seven guys are out. I mean, this is a different team here uh, besides, like, you know, Jalen Green and Shengun and stuff like that. They finished 22-60 and 60 last year. So this line, 31-and-a-half, that's a, it's a heck of a jump. You know, we're looking at a 10-win improvement here. Do you, do you think the Rockets have it in them? I don't think they have a 10-win improvement in them, but I think they are going to feel like they're 10 wins better because this now seems like a professional team to me, bringing in Ime Udoka as the coach and all of the veterans who are at least going to be giving effort uh, defensively, right? And helping yeah. these teams or helping the Rockets learn how to win. Kelly Eco just had a great column on The Athletic. You can subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks. And he was asking all of these players on the Rockets and I believe on the Pacers as well, what's the best advice you got as a rookie? And all of the Rockets were like, I didn't get any good advice. Everybody was my same age. I'm not taking advice from somebody who's my age. Right, right. Which, fair enough. <laughs> it's a hard thing like to do. Like Jabari Smith Jr. is not turning towards yeah. Jalen Green and saying, give me some advice. Hey, what was it like for you playing that one extra season, yeah. right? Like, what's uh, what's Ty Ty Washington going to teach Tari Eason, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, right, right. Those are the things that keep me up at night, Skeets. <laughs> <laughs> So I think they get better advice in the locker room, maybe, maybe from Ibe Udoka. Who knows? At least basketball-wise. <laughs> Fred Van Vliet, I think, is going to be a good guy to have around, as are Dylan, as is Dylan Brooks. Guys who are, like, not hyped prospects, right? Guys yeah. who have made their name in the NBA by giving effort and by doing the little things, uh, even if sometimes the little things is a little tapping of the Rockies from Dylan <laughs> Brooks. I can't believe this guy's hitting nuts in the preseason, Skeets. Wild stuff, uh, but that's why you bring him in. I still think they're under, but this is just another bet of somebody has to lose in the West, and the Rockets are not very far along in their rebuild. Yeah, 10 feels like a lot. Like I said, 22 to 32 to hit the over. I, I, they're going to be better uh, because of all the reasons you just went through. And and even just coaching alone, I think Yudoka is a more capable coach than Steven Silas yes. is and was. And they spent money on upgrading the roster, and they got some of these guys in. Were they overpaid? Maybe. But if it helps you win games, which is the point here, then that's great. I wonder, of their young guys, who's going to really pop up? Who's going who's gonna to, like... Uh, I don't know, in playing alongside vets, who's that going to help more? Is it Jamari Smith Jr.? Is it Jalen Green? Is it Shengun? Is it Tari Eason? I mean, they're going to pray it's three of those four guys like that take a bit of a leap. And it could be because they show promises. Oh, yeah, flashes. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's you know it's the consistency of stringing it all together throughout a game and then a season. But that's where the, the vets come in. I, I like them to be 
I like that they'll be honestly flirting with this over under. I think they'll be knocking on the door, but I think they I should be go just under because we do need some bad teams in this <laughs> yeah, exactly. in this conference. <laughs> yeah. So some teams not winning, you know, some thirty games, I guess. As for your question of who thrives playing next to vets, I think. Jabari Smith is yeah. the answer for me just because it feels like his game will improve if he's playing alongside creators who are playmakers. I don't know if Fred Van Vliet is a great playmaker in the realm of the NBA, but compared to what the Rockets have had uh, for last season, Jalen Green is a good shot creator for Jalen Green, but he's not necessarily getting great looks for Jabari Smith. I think playing alongside an established point guard will be great uh, for Smith because he's a good catch-and-shoot player, and as we saw in Summer League, he's added to his game as well uh, from a scoring perspective. So I think he should have a little bit of a breakout second season. No good here in the uh, stream team. Ask me. Are you rooting for Fred Van Vliet to have success in Houston, or are you on the not on my team anymore? Bye. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm. I'm. I would love nothing more than to see Van Vliet come in here and get this team. Like maybe they're like the surprise, like Utah Jazz last year, and off to a hot start, and all the young talents clicking, and those guys, especially Brooks and Van Vliet, uh, helping them get there. I, yeah. No, I am rooting. I'm rooting for Fred Van Vliet. Why not? He's a good guy. He's a good guy, an Illinois boy. Yeah, so good luck. We all bet on Fred. That's right, says Pierre there in the stream team. Okay, a few more teams. The Memphis Grizzlies, 45 and a half wins. Uh, it is easy to forget, thanks to guns on Instagram, but the Grizzlies have won 51-plus games in each of the past two seasons. They're the only team in the conference to do that. They were the number two seed in the West both years. But we obviously know in June, Adam Silver announcing a 25-game suspension to start this season for John Morant. They let uh, Dylan Brooks, their defensive stopper slash headache, I guess, walk in free agency. Though they did trade for Defensive Player of the Year winner uh, from a few years ago, Marcus Smart. They lost Tyus Jones in that deal, though. And uh, they added Derek Rose. They also gave Desmond Bain a five-year, $207 million extension, the richest in team history. What do you think? Memphis Grizzlies, 45 and a half. Off, feels like another tough one, obviously, with the especially with the John Morant being tw- out 25 games. Yeah, that's definitely the thing that gives you pause on the total. 25 games, that's a lot of games. So for him to really, for the Grizzlies to really go over, like, Jaws got to play the other 57, basically, right? And he has missed some time uh, in his career with various injuries, but... If he's able to stay on the court for the other 57 games, you look at last year's team, 51 wins. They're the only team in the Western Conference coming off back-to-back 50-win seasons. John only played 61 games last year. Jaron Jackson Jr. played 63 games. Steven Adams, 42. Brandon Clark, 56. This is a team that is used to their players missing time and kind of not taking a step back. Mm -hmm. They're still very young. As a team, a lot of their rotation, once you get past the starters, as guys on their rookie contracts, which you know, can be harrowing come playoff time, but also in the regular season, you're getting a lot of looks at different people here. They are a prove it in the playoffs team because the Grizzlies have not looked as good in the postseason as they have during the regular season. But I think the number got too small here. I saw that the Grizzlies were number one in Kevin Pelton's math projections here. I'm going over. I think they could challenge for 50 wins again. 45 is just too small of a number for me. Yeah, that makes some sense. Uh, I'm excited to see the numbers that Desmond Bade puts up, I think, here uh, in the first couple months of the season. He could be flirting with an all-star selection. That could be in play. Uh, I saw somebody in the stream team say, well, the Grizzlies have been good in years prior without John Morant. 
Yes. This is true, but I slipped it in there. A big part of that was Tyus Jones as probably the best backup point guard in the league, sort of taking over the reins and continuing to run that team. He's not there now. So that sort of falls down to other guys on this roster. Their bench is Luke Kennard. You know, Derek Rose is there. David the Body Roddy. Santi Aldama. Zaire Williams. Xavier Tillman. Brandon Clark is there, but he's out, I think, for the first half of the season still due to a torn Achilles. Yeah. Does that – yeah, like I just read that bench – how do you – confidence in that squad? Some players there, no problems. Uh, at least, again, this this whole thing of the first 25 games, it's a different team without your superstar. When have the Grizzlies' young role players ever been bad? They're always good. That's true. Last year coming into the season, I was like, I don't know if it's a great idea letting D'Anthony Melton and Kyle Anderson go to their various teams. They didn't miss a step. Yeah. The, the Grizzlies have a great development proge- uh, program. They really value their draft picks, which is why they don't make a ton uh, of trades for players. And they always feel like they can get people later in the first round or in the second round. So I think they'll still be good. Though I did see that uh, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. came in over 300 pounds. We might have a new Oliver Miller on our hands. Yes, yes, That's exciting. I forgot he was on this squad. And uh, look, the defense. I know Dylan Brooks goes, and he was a great defensive wing stopper. But you do have Jaron Jackson Jr., who just won the Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. and Marcus Smart, who won it you two years prior, and obviously we know what he can do on the perimeter. Uh, that's why I think I lean over. I, I also think, I mean, John Morant is getting to be around the team. He's getting to, like, be at practices. He's I mean, I don't know if he's going to be traveling on the road with the team. I, I assume he will be. Um, I think he goes to Denver. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it. Uh, he is going to come out gangbusters, is he not? When he gets, I'm, poor choice of words. <laughs> he's a fake gangster anyway. Um, he's going to come out. He should come out. Firing? <laughs> With something to prove. He'll be on target. Um, I think he is. He should be. And uh, he exactly. also should go in the dunk contest. When that should be back. his apology, you know, a part of his apology. His like, you know, his little olive branch to all of us NBA fans. That's for, right. Like missing 25 games. Hey, Okay. I screwed up. I've yep. learned. I've moved on. Let's go in the dunk contest, put on a show for you. Come on, do that, Jaw. Um, but I'm going to go over with you. I do like it. Yeah. Uh, two teams left New Orleans Pelicans, 44 and a half. To quote Sean Powell at NBA.com, Zion Williamson couldn't make it through the season. That's your recap of the 22 23 Pelicans <laughs> right there. A lot of truth to that. They stayed relatively quiet in the offseason. They drafted Jordan Hawkins, they signed Cody Zeller, and they brought back Herb Jones on a new deal. They did not do a whole lot of other things. He only played 29 games, Zion, last year. You know, you're praying that he plays more. Where do you go with this team? Do you believe in them just staying healthy enough? 44 and a half wins. I don't believe in them staying healthy enough. It's just, how can you, how can you bet on this? Like this to me, it's off to a bad start. It ain't going to be a lock uh, for anybody. Yeah, exactly right. Trey Murphy, the third already out. Brandon Ingram has had missed time basically every season since he's come to New Orleans. Larry Nance Jr., a surprisingly important player for them. I feel like he misses a little bit of time here and there. And then Zion, obviously, is the huge question mark. 17-12 in his 29 games last season. They were in first place for a chunk of the season in the Western Conference there. So this is a team that could finish the one seed in the Western <laughs> Conference and the 12 seed in the Western yep. Conference. I'm going under uh, just because that feels like the right thing to do when you're uncertain about who's actually going to be playing. Yeah, John Hollinger agrees with you. There are no bad predictions when it comes to this year's Pelicans. You could convince me of basically anything, like you said, uh, Zion in the running for MVP and they're near the top of the West, or, yeah, 
they finish to quote John Hollinger eight and seventy four because every single player on the team had a season ending injury. Uh, not going to rule that one out either. Trey Murphy the third meniscus injury. He's out probably to start this year. Jose Alvarado he's got an ankle injury uh, during the off season. He, they're hoping he is back and healthy for game one of the regular season, but that's an issue. And then over the weekend, the Pelicans said Najee Marshall has been diagnosed with a oh, bone on, bruise man. in his knee after undergoing an MRI. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, so maybe he's not there to start. Like, they already, and then, yeah, the superstars. I mean, Zion has, what, missed more than 60% of his team's total games throughout yeah. his career. Tough to bet on this team, and this stat, I said it last year, I think. It still blows my mind. The Pelicans brought in C.J. McCollum at the 22 trade deadline. 22 trade deadline. He has played a total of 10 games with Zion and Brandon Ingram. <laughs> the three of them out there. Yeah. Like, they're three best players. Three really good players. But we've never seen them play, basically. So I am going under. Yeah, exactly. Because when you're looking at, like, the games played from this team last year, it's like your best two players are C.J. McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas for the majority of the season because those guys are reliable uh mm-hmm. but they ain't carrying you to a lot of wins so yeah i gotta go under but man if it, if they if you told me you could get 82 games out of every player on the roster for every team in the nba you would still be talking about the pelicans as like maybe they could finish third in the western conference yeah. if they play everybody yep final one here san antonio spurs 28 and a half Wemanyama arrived in San Antonio as the league's most anticipated prospect since LeBron. He's looked great in his preseason action, doing some wild things. Uh, Because of this, probably, Pop signed a five-year extension to keep him there with the organization for at least a little while. They also signed Devin Vassell not that long ago to a multi-year contract extension. It's a young, young roster. But do you believe in them, uh, you know, flirting around the 30-win mark, or are you going to be going under? I'm going to be going under. Uh, This is another somebody-has-to-lose team, and I think it will be uh, the San Antonio Spurs. They were really bad last season. You know, they didn't finish with the worst record Mm -hmm. in the NBA, but it kind of obscured the fact that they were 29th in offense, 30th in defense last season. I'm guessing they're in the teens, at the very least, defensively this year. Theoretically, they will get more games from Devin Vassell, and then Victor should be an impact player defensively right away. He's going to be Deion Sanders, except for the half of the court he's taking away is the half underneath the basket. (laughs) It's going to be amazing uh, just watching this guy play. Offensively, I think it'll be a little bit more of a struggle for him once he gets going into the NBA and he has to deal with stronger guys who know all the NBA tricks. Uh... If they're able to get into the top 20s in offense and the teens in defense, I think they can challenge the over. But I'm going under here. I think they'll be careful with Wemby. Rookie centers, they don't necessarily have a huge impact. This isn't the usual rookie center. No. no. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. This will be maybe the most watched bad team in NBA history. Whoa. At least since, like, LeBron's rookie season with the Cavs. Well, I just went and checked. I was like, I know they didn't make the playoffs. But how many wins did LeBron's rookie Cavs team rack up? They got to 35 and 47. Uh, not bad, really. Not bad. Uh, you know, obviously would hit the over here. We're talking LeBron playing with Big Z, Ricky Davis, Carlos Boozer, <laughs> Mateen Cleaves, Jeff McInnes, you know, Ira Newble. Mateen Cleaves? I mean, there's like the, the names on this crazy, list. man. Jop. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was not a great team, but. Rookie LeBron even got them to 35 wins. I mean, is that where Victor is? Is he going to just be automatically coming in here and, and takes you to a 30-plus win team? I What you've seen so far, you you understand why, uh, that it's a possibility. But, 
This is the Spurs too, man. They don't they don't really they don't rush anything. They don't rush anything. They don't. They don't. They're smart about it. So mm, it pains me to take the under on this one. I feel like I'm gonna regret this one. But I think I would. Just, just take the under. Too young. They're just so, so, so young. All right. We've gone through every team. Let's hear your three Western Conference over-under locks. Do you have all three this morning? Because when we were doing the East, you had two locks, and then we sort of had to find a, a third that you felt good about. Uh, you I got, got three. You got, got three. three. Okay. I'm, I'm firing here. Okay. Uh, Memphis, over 45 and a half. Okay. The Grizzlies are good. They're a regular season wins machine. They've got a system. Taylor Jenkins pulls guys out of the woodwork. So I think, like, Santi Aldama was like, who is this guy? And he's legitimately a rotation player. John Conchar, the same thing. Just legitimately a rotation player. So I think some of those guys will hit. And who knows? Maybe Zaire, Zaire Williams actually takes a step forward. I remember they traded up to get him yep. back in the day. So his development would be big. I'm also going the Clippers under 46 and a half. Who knows? But <laughs> I feel confident going under on a Clippers team just because uh, they are the Clippers. And then my probably my riskiest one is Denver over 52 and a half. I still think they're going to be awesome, but... They definitely lost some depth. They're relying on younger guys uh, this season, but I think they're going to have to play out the whole year and not have as much of a chance uh, to chill in the late part of the season. And, of course, they've still got the best home court advantage and the best player in basketball. So I'm going over 52.5 for them. Okay, I like those. Uh, my three locks, I'm going to take two teams in the Pacific Division and hit the over. The Kings, 44.5. Disrespectful. Come on. They're going to win 45 games once again. They're going to be flirting with that 50-win mark, I actually believe. So I'm going Sacramento over. I'm going Suns over. I'm not going to overthink it. 51 and a half. I know maybe they are shallow. I think they'll have enough guys contributing uh, to their big three. I just think they're going to be an offensive juggernaut. I mean, surprise, surprise. Like that on many nights is going to be unstoppable. And then you even get to the end of games and you've got three options to hit game winners and to run plays for and to run off ball action. And we got to focus on KD. Oh, geez, there's Booker. Oh, my God. Then there's Beal. That is a nightmare. I think they win 52 games. Uh... And then I'm going to go Pelicans under. 44 and a half. We just talked about it. They're already coming in banged up. I'm not banking on a Zion Williamson playing, you know, 70 games by any means. And even some of their other guys. I, I just think, I think all these teams, like we said, there's so many teams bunched up. Anywhere from 44 to 49 wins. Of that group, of let's say nine teams, one if not two are probably going to fall out and, and, and maybe have to pivot their season around a trade deadline or stuff like that just because they're too far back. So I guess I'll bank on the Pelicans being that. I'm going under. Going to be a lot of jockeying for position, I do believe, jockeying. at the end of the season. Right? Like, it's gonna Jokic be... just perked up. <laughs> he loves it. He's like, wait, call me when we're jockeying. <laughs> That's what they should tell him, night while We are jockeying for position. He's like, oh, I didn't oh, say anything. Goes out, puts up 40s and 20s, yeah. Yeah, but it does feel like we're going to have so many teams that are like 45 to 40 wins. Yeah. There could be 10 teams in that range yeah, almost. Absolutely. Should be a great, great season there in the Western Conference. Uh, all right, there it is. We've done the East. We've now done the West. I know you agree with some of our picks. I know you disagree with some of the other ones. We'd love to hear your input. Leave your comments in the YouTube section. Tweet at us at NoDunksInc. Make sure you like the show. Make sure you subscribe. We're back tomorrow with some NBA award predictions. I think we'll do the, the key ones, of course. I'm talking MVPs, Rookie of the Years, and stuff like that. We'll show you the odds on all that stuff as well. Maybe pick our favorites. Maybe give you a Dark Horse pick. And then maybe we can come up with some, like, silly awards. 
cool. You know, some made up no dunks awards. I love it. I think that's the plan for tomorrow. Join us Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern. I'll also be doing no bunts with my guy Joel in Taiwan over at the Athletic Baseball Show feed. That's early, early tomorrow morning. Did you watch any baseball here of these championship series? Those Phillies, man, they can't stop socking dingers. Man, I don't know if I should be rooting for these guys. They knocked Atlanta out of the playoffs back-to-back seasons. But they got that dog in Yeah, them. you like it. Oh, they do. Yeah. I do. I love their scumbag energy. <laughs> that pervades their team. Yeah, right now it's at least looking like uh, Rangers-Phillies, but a lot of baseball still to be played. So anyway, I'll be uh, live with Joel at about 8.15 tomorrow, the Athletic Baseball Show, and then uh, we'll be here at No Dunks at 10 a.m. All right, till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, the next big advance in automotive technology is completely flat interiors. Brace the day, people.